Today's episode of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Arena Australia. Arena are the very best swimming brand in the business, whether you're after the best race suits, racing training goggles, training aids, or even team gear for your clubs. Arena Australia are the way to go. If you don't believe me, just look up on the blocks at the finals of most events at either nationals or international events, and you'll see the Arena logo front and centre on the fastest swimmers' race suits. They just are the best. Head over to arenaswimming.com.au right now for all the latest sales and discounts and let them know that Off The Block Swimming Podcast sent you. Australia in four, the United States in five. Off, Mackenzie at the bottom, Stubbins above her, Schlanger in sixth, then to the yellow lane, Henry. Queen start, Newell's got into the water quickly, but so did Joyce. We're short of Germany was away well. They'll go to the wall all together. Pick that one. Bloomer at back ahead of Manuel and Herisha Menya. What a shot. Peterson stumps her authority on another 200 breaststroke. Now Henry is starting to come out now. Henry's throwing Linden down. Linden and Henry. Henry and Linden. They hit it. Jody Henry of Australia shading. Jenny Thompson has taken the lead here. The Australians have only won this race once. It was with Dawn Fraser in 1956. Henry's moving away. She's going to win it for Australia. This has been a remarkable last leg. Jody Henry is going to bring Australia home for what will be yes! a big <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the Shannon Rollison podcast for another week. Thank you all very much for joining us once again. I'm your host, Robbie Cox, joined by the man himself, Mr. Shannon Rollison. Shannon, how are you, mate? Yeah, pretty good, Robbie, although my day started out quite bad. Went oh, for yeah. with Ellsworth and um, stood on, uh, let's just say, poo poo. Oh. Bloody hell. How do you manage that? You don't know. Oh. You're just not looking where you're walking or what? <laughs> I know. So, buddy Eddie, Eddie's, you know, Eddie's the dog. Mm-hmm. So he's decided to drop one, which he always does. So, you know, you got to pick him up and all that sort of stuff. But anyway, yeah. as he was dropping one, this other dog's coming along, um, sort of come around the corner. So obviously Eddie wouldn't have dropped one if he mm. had seen this dog. So, you know, this dog's almost snuck up on him, you know. <laughs> Anyway, I'm thinking, ah, oh, hopefully Eddie just ignores him. Well, yeah. no. And so as he's finished, you know, he wants to play with him. Yeah. And I've been distracted <laughs> in trying to control Eddie and, and stood in it. Oh, Shannon. You poor thing. So it's getting better, though. My day is getting better. It's getting <laughs> – I was going to say, it's getting better. What, your foot? You got an injury from it, did you? What, uh, what damage well, did so it do to the shoe? Yeah, so much of it that I didn't realise until the third step that I'd stood in it. Oh, <laughs> so um, yeah, for another I don't know how long the walk is fifty minutes or something. So oh, apologies to anyone point. that listens to the podcast at breakfast time. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> disgusting. Oh well, yes, no. Yeah, I feel like most people's days definitely started better than that. You're right. Um. What else been happening, mate? I, listen, I've, I've got to, we've got to start a new segment here because nearly every week you, you're on to someone, you're chasing someone, you're not happy about something. 
whether it's in Swiss or it could be swimming Australia or where they're getting medals or there's private schools you're after one week. Now this week you have a beef and uh, and we, it's time to bring it out. Well, who's, who's Shannon's beef of the week this week and, and what have they done to you? Uh, it's Matt Trodden. <laughs> Matt Trodden's a great guy. What did he do to you? He's on these, these camps and he's sending me pictures of him skiing. <laughs> so he's up in Andorra. Anyway, so obviously, you know, Matt and I keep in touch yes. and um, most of the time we're, you know, it's good fun stuff. But he's sending me these, the, you know, he's up there and he's sending them to Mark Skimming as well. And um, I've had two camps since I've been um, back in Australia since 2018. One was the Chandler <laughs> now they're my own accord, you know. I've been picking these places. Ain't nothing wrong with Chandler. Uh, another one was Wollongong. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Wollongong was in 2021, and Chandler was actually 2021 as well. So I've had two camps. Mm. I won't go into other places that Matt's been, but you know he's skiing down the mountainside at Endora, <laughs> and I'm thinking, God, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> you're off to you're I'm heading, off Chandler. Chandler. So that's yeah. my beef of the week. They Matt, really stop sending me that. those skiing photos of you <laughs> chasing people down hillsides and stuff. Can you even ski? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you can. Oh, yeah, nice. like if I couldn't ski, it wouldn't bother me. Well, that's well, <laughs> you just never know. I was waiting for you to go, nah, I just <laughs> wanted to be there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it looks a good place, actually. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah. Actually, my um, my first assistant coach in Denmark, Baz, um, who I went to Bruce Springsteen concert with. Oh, the boss! Um, yeah. When I was in Denmark, he was uh, my assistant coach, and he was from Andorra. So, uh, shout out to Baz if he's listening. Shout out to Baz. He might be listening. We do have lots of listeners, Shannon. We're just they're just anonymous. <laughs> they're, they're random. Till someone always comes up to me and shakes my hand and says, "Oh, you know, thanks for the podcast." I always think, "Oh my god, people are listening." Like I know by the numbers, but you know what I mean. Did yeah. you ever get surprised if someone says, "Oh, I listen to the podcast," and think, "Oh, did you?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Robbie normally and, my reaction. Robbie yeah. and me catching up each week. Um, <laughs> yeah, the boss. Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, I watched a really good documentary the other night. Um, it's only really good, I guess, if you're a music. Um, I know what you're about to say. I watched it last night. Did you? The 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 how they got that uh, yeah. the group of superstars together for the We Are the World song. Yeah, wasn't it good? Yeah, that it really surprised good. me. Yeah, it was really good, and and it. I liked it for the fact too that it showed a lot of the egos and who wouldn't sort yeah. of stand. And Prince wasn't going. Prince is like. <laughs> Who's yeah, there? Popular like people. Michael, him and Michael yeah. Jackson used to not get along. And... Yeah, exactly. Um, so, and especially once he heard Michael had some leads, you know, verses and stuff. He's like, well, I'm not getting on that. Um, and then how they all started getting cranky because it just, like, you've got so many people in the room. Stevie Wonder's starting to try and sing in Swahili. People are like, why are we singing in Swahili? This yeah, one of the country even... westerns guys, he walked out. He walked out. Because you, you've never heard a Nashville country boy swing singing Swahili. So he got out, took his cowboy hat, and he walked out. Um, so for anyone, it's on Netflix. Um, I can't remember the, the, the exact name the, of the it. The Greatest Night in Pop. Oh, there you go. There you yeah. go. So um, do yourself well, a favour as Molly. I found say. it fascinating from just how they manage the egos and, 
you know, obviously, like Bob Marley was quite funny. Uh, if you didn't know who Bob Marley was, you would have thought some blokes just sort of snuck in for a few, um, you know, seen a crowd and snuck in through the back door thinking he was going to get a few beers or, or, or such and um, free food and yeah. ended up in a choir, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know who was good? Ray Stevens was uh, – Ray um... – Ray, Ray Charles. Ray, Ray, Ray Stevens. Ray Charles. Uh, yeah, Ray Charles was good. And he was like the older statesman, like, come on, guys, let's keep it rolling. Let's not. Um, yeah, let's yeah. Not and, um, uh, the fellow who organized it or, or thought up the idea, he, like, a fair, fair few people have just died recently. Eh? Like Tina Turner. Yep. Um, oh, this guy's name escapes me. Anyway, I, yeah, I, I thought it was really good. But I also, while I was just laughing at the, the whole Bob Dylan thing, he, he, he just cracked me up. How good was he? Um, he was just but he, the... couldn't, he, he couldn't join in, eh, because he no. just he was so uncomfortable. He was uncomfortable with, with uh, just the amount of people in the room. But, yeah, just the way Stevie Wonder got him to, mm. you know, um, feel comfortable enough that he could sing and... Mm. And Stevie Wonder's impersonation of different singers was incredible, yeah. which, you know, obviously being a blind guy, uh, he's probably developed that over the years and stuff. Well, there's still, yeah, there's still I, speculation I, I, he's not blind, to be honest, Shannon, just so you know. There's still oh, speculation, yeah. Yeah, Shaq, Shaq tells a really funny story that he walked onto a, on a lift where um, Shaq was standing. He's like, morning, Shaq. <laughs> so I don't know if Shaq's just... You know, smoke of the funny stuff or not, but there's still there's a there's a few stories out there where really uh, yeah. Well, remember one of the um, <laughs> yeah maybe it's true because <laughs> remember on the show when Ray Charles goes oh I need to go to the toilet and they took them they took each other to the toilet. <laughs> See, and then they were going the blind leading the blind. Yeah, exactly, and they thought it was a joke when really well, it might not have been. It might have been Stevie just. Really knowing where it was. Um, yeah, no, Lionel Richie put it together and it was based off Bob Geldof's. Um, yeah, but the idea was the, it wasn't Lionel Richie's idea. It was um, a fellow that just died. Um, was it Quincy? No, no, he was the orchestrator of sort of producer or whatever. No, no. Oh, those are the only two um, I remember. Was it that banana, was it the banana boat song or something? Is the eldest statesman? Oh, I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. Um, I can't remember his name. I can't remember his name, but I, I know anyone, any Belafonte or someone. Belafonte, last, yeah, 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 yeah. Belafonte, yeah. So and they all started singing his song. Yeah, yeah, good. no, it was excellent. Eh? And just they, they, um, how to organize it. And it's uh, so they got did it on the night of the Grammy Awards because yeah. everyone was there, but no one knew where the studio was because they had to keep it a secret. It's quite fascinating. Well worth a watch. Yeah, definitely. Or just as I said, for all the little bits and like watching Bob Dylan, who like, and everyone's around, like, here we go. Bob Dylan's going to yeah. cut some, he's going to do some vocals and just put it down. So everyone's around, like, ready to be amazed. And he's, as you said, he's like some homeless guy standing there just mumbling. Not even like ev everyone can say, oh, Bob Dylan doesn't normally sing that great anyway. But he was just a... Um, yeah, yeah. He, he, he looked like me in grade seven. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Yeah, he had no idea he was poor. And then once, yeah, you're right, once Stevie sort of loosened him up and got him finding his – and then he was good and yeah, and away they went. But, yeah, well worth a watch for anyone uh, who's into music and into documentaries and stuff like that. It was really, really good. Um, now, this week's topic, and you would have clicked on it so you would have seen it, is top five tips for coaches uh, out there today, which – Shannon's come up with a few uh, different things. And I guess the good thing for our listeners is that, you know, with, with Shannon so often he's, he's getting access to these coaches, different programs. I mean, hell, I sent him a set this morning, which he gets to sort of, well, he doesn't have to critique, but I guess that's why I'm sending it to him so he can tell me where we went wrong or where we went right. So he's still getting to see uh, what's happening out there and, and maybe some of the coaches that are going down the great roads and some that might be going down the – the wrong path. So uh, I thought it was a good idea today, um, which might just jog people's memory or make them think a little bit. A few other things we've got. We're going to do Song of the Week, um, <laughs> which this is a Shannon Rollison initiative, by the way. So um, <laughs> get yourself strapped in for this. Uh, also, we're going to just talk about favourite decade of swimming, um, which I guess is is kind of hard depending on when you were born. and uh, But... We'll have a quick chat about that and also favourite swimsuits. But um, top well, five. Well, it sort of ties up with yeah. the decade, okay. actually. It all ties up. There you go. So top five tips. Uh, we might spread these out a little bit, Shannon. Have you got them noted down or is this all off the top of your head? No, no. I, um, <laughs> I noted it all down. So I'm getting better with that. I, I have <laughs> ideas <laughs> on a weekend and uh, then I forget. So uh, I jotted them all down. Well, you know the rocks. The rocks has that. He's got a, a little book that he just he just writes his his thoughts down when he's on his private planes, mind you. He's not he's not like you or I just sitting around on a Friday night with a couple of drinks. But he's he just writes his his thoughts. So he never has a, an idea that doesn't sort of yeah get put down. Um, and it makes sense. Um, I work much better off lists and and things like that as well because otherwise comes and goes, doesn't it? But yeah, top five tips. What have, what have you got to, to kick us off with? Anything? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in no uh, particular order of importance. Yeah. But, um, so the first one is time. So, you know, one of the things that I think can happen, uh, yeah, and this can get down to, you know, we've sort of talked about this over the last few weeks about, People go, oh, how was your holiday, you know, when you're working overseas or <laughs> going into state. Um, yeah, yes. and so people tend not to think that when you're on pool deck, that's work. Um, like when I first started coaching, you know, people say, oh, what's your job? Oh, yeah, yeah I'm a swimming coach. Oh, but, yeah, what's that's just, yeah. you know, your pretend job. What's your real job, you know? <laughs> anyway, thankfully gone are the days of that. Um, but... You need time to think, and one of the things that I've heard over the last few years um, that to be creative, you've got to get to a place of boredom, you know, so, uh, and they're talking about in society there's not enough downtime boredom and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So if you're really, you know, busy, you know, with too many balls in, in the air, so to speak, where's your time where you're going to get to a place where you can start being creative with whatever the problem may be in your squad from a, you know, trying to make people go faster and things like that. So, so that would be my thing. Um, my first one time. Yeah. 
It's funny you say that with the juggling. Um, um, Cam Gladhill, who's now up at St Peter's, but at the time was at Warringah, and he did a, a talk at the New South Wales conference. And I, uh, he, he he jagged me to get up there and help do this demonstration, which I thought this is a stitch up, and in the end, it really was. But it it, it had a good point to it. So it was just three of us passing around a ball. And then he started adding more balls into the group, more balls, more balls. And then in the end, as you just basically said, you're not watching the next one coming because you're focusing too much on, there's just too much going on. And next minute you're lo- knocking on and there's things just going everywhere. Um, it also didn't help that the <laughs> the lady on the other side of me started going the opposite direction halfway through. Like, why would she start going the opposite direction? We've just built up a rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> so... Anyway, that didn't help, but it, it proved the point basically to what you're just saying there, Shannon, that, you know, you feel like you're going all right and you've got things under control, but uh, if you're not giving yourself time, there's always other things that are going to be added and added and added, and eventually you're going to start dropping a few balls. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, definitely. It's um, a, just a quick one on that as well, Shannon, with, the, with time, uh, and this is, I guess, a contentious one, and I kind of sit – in in between these conversations because I run my own business so therefore I'm you know I'm the boss of a head coach of a program but I'm also a head coach of a program how much is time off a factor here for a head coach to have a morning or an afternoon you're not really probably going to get that with some of your bigger places like a Bill Gravier or YMCA's or they're not going to be too keen for you to have morning and afternoons off because they're trying to pay you the big bucks, so they want to get the most out of you. But at the same time, to your point, it's hard to be creative and come up with stuff if you're just getting flogged like a, a donkey every day and getting put to work. Well, don't get me wrong. You know, I hear of you know coaches who have sessions off so that um, you know for whatever um, the reason. If you're going to be a coach, you're signing up to ten sessions a week. Yeah, yeah, you know, or it might be nine sessions a week. But um, when I mean time, I mean you know you don't get up and start coaching at five, and you're working all day, and you're finishing at seven at night. Yeah. You know? So you've got to have that downtime during the day. Uh, it was something that. You had to be quite careful with at the AIS because you could get quite caught up. Mm. Um, and so that's what I mean by time. I don't mean you're taking sessions off and you're yeah. actually not doing your job. I, yeah. I mean it's making sure you've got time between your sessions um, and, and, you know, the other part of the other um, four points sort of alludes to this as well the you know make sure your boss isn't trying to fill your day so that they think you know yeah they've got to have respect for what you're doing on pool deck and stuff like that so um that's what i mean by time you know if you're someone who's been paid to be a head coach and you're taking sessions off that's that's not what i mean yeah does that make sense yeah 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 no i get you so you're not for the a morning off a week well, if the squad needs it, yeah. Like, so I, I don't coach um, Wednesday mornings and I don't coach Friday mornings. Yeah. Um, 
I coach. I was coaching Friday morning and not having uh, and not coaching Friday afternoon, but I've swapped that because I just don't think there was enough time between our Wednesday session main set and Friday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I if I think someone needs to do ten a week, you know, so you've got a distance person um, and you're trying to bump up the Ks, we've got that Friday morning there for that one or two athletes. Um, I've got a swimmer at the moment who's working at a pub and, you know, I don't want her, you know, jumping out of the pool, rushing to get to work Yeah. Uh, after a, a main set. It's not that violent pub that you went to on your birthday, is it? No, no, I'm going there tomorrow night, actually. Um, <laughs> Take your boxing gloves. <laughs> um, so what I'm doing with her is because I think it's important that she's doing something outside of her swimming and things. So I, I've I've booked. Um, so I'm doing a one-on-one session with her, ten thirty to twelve thirty every Friday. Okay. But I can do that because I've got time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, high, yeah. Particularly in high performance, I think you've got to have some of that flexibility. You know, if I wanted to do a set that's uh, Bronte needs to do, and I just can't manage it in the constraints of my afternoon session with the rest of my squad. I've got time to that, be able to do that if I need that to happen, you know. Yes, yep. Um, now, if I was trying to coach and I was running another business and things like that, both those two scenarios I probably wouldn't be able to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. All right, time. Give yourself time. All right, what's number two? Uh, health. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's, you know, too many coaches there for a – I haven't I haven't heard of it of too much of, of late. There, there was a, a period there where, uh, you know, I, and I don't want to mention names and things, but, you know, older coaches who – Hadn't looked after their health. Yeah. And, um, yeah, some pretty bad, uh, yeah, cancers type stuff mm-hmm. caught, caught, you know, caught them. Yes. Uh, and they, you know, probably didn't get onto it early enough, you know. Yeah. So I think it's one of the things you, you're constantly trying to, you know, where as coaches and, and particularly, the higher higher up you go in, in, in the coaching world and high performance and stuff, you're constantly thinking of how to get people to go faster and, you know, you're planning, always planning ahead. Um, and, you know, in coaching you can be travelling a lot. You know, you might be travelling, you know, 80 to 100 days a year mm. and you haven't got time to, um, there's that word again, um, <laughs> look after your own health, you know, mm. and next minute you're, yeah, 60, 60 years of age, and uh, you haven't haven't uh, looked after yourself. Uh, it might be skin cancer, it might be whatever. But yeah, no, it's a good one, and it's it's a good point you make. I was actually watching something the other day uh, where one of the doctors that was on uh, was talking about the fact that if you wake up at a certain time of the morning as well, it puts you in more of a risk of. Uh, sort of an unhealthy so the time that we all coaches have to wake up 
makes you more susceptible to certain things because you probably should be getting more rest. And so there's a lot of different things that are already going against us. So as you said, rightly well, shift so. Shift workers have that problem, eh? Like, yeah. Well, and that's sort of our job, isn't it, though? Like yeah. people don't really recognise it that way. But And depending on how far you've got to travel for work, sometimes you've got to travel an hour. So some coaches are up at 4 a.m. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've heard um, I've heard that one about what time you get up. And I think it was in the same story about shift workers. And then I went and then left-handed people, uh, they die earlier as well. And then males die earlier. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I've just hit all four. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's over. He's done. He's just found uh, it out on a, on a show. <laughs> it's all over. Well, i got to retire early. That's what yeah. I <laughs> No, but you're absolutely right. Um, uh, and it's really funny you, you brought that up because literally for the next two weeks, I might for everyone listening, my daughter, Charlie, if you go back and listen to a podcast many, many years ago, I explained why I had a break while Charlie was born premature anyway. She's not premature anymore. She's five. She's off to school now. She's at uh, kindergarten. And I, I made a point over the next two weeks to prioritise her and try and prioritize my health as well so it's hard though isn't it because in the end coaches generally speaking and i'm assuming a lot of people are like me in the coaching world it's it's all about our swimmers and our family and the program and everyone else and the last thing that really gets helped is us which is quite sad because you can't help everything if you're not there but sort of the luck because i always think i don't know about others but i always think if I'm taking time out to do something for me, that's it's almost I feel selfish because, well, I should be doing something else if that makes sense. But yeah, it's interesting you bring that up. Yeah, like yeah, there's there's been a lot of talk about um, in the education piece. Yeah, you know, we've had to do all that online stuff, don't we? You know, I just yeah. did mine on the weekend. Every year you got to redo it. And there's, you know, it's from, you know, drugs, uh, all that, the latest stuff on drugs and sport and, um, you know, what you can say, what you can't say, blah, 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 blah. And with all of this new stuff going on and um, nothing's come out about coaches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, no, it's well, it's, as I said, there's there's probably people out there that have a, a better balance. Uh, anyone that knows me or sees me on pool decks probably knows my balance is way out. Um, we're trying to change that around, but it, it's not an easy thing. It's certainly not for a lack of want. It's just, as I said, I think sometimes we get so bogged down in the morning and the afternoon and getting stuff done and then trying to do the right things for your family and being everywhere that the last person you ever think about is yourself because, as I said, it kind of feels selfish. Yeah. taking that hour to yourself to go do something anyway no it's a good one shannon very 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 important uh, and there should be probably more done about it that's for sure all right what's number three let's keep we're on a good roll here we're on a we're on a, on a train uh, set your own goals so again you know uh we talk about the swimmers with goals and all that sort of stuff um and what they want to achieve or whatever but I actually think, you know, as a coach, you should actually just set your goal. What's your goal? Um, you know, in swimming it, or separate to swimming? 
Oh, I think in swimming in your career, you know. Yeah. So if you, you know, is your goal to retire at a certain age? Is your goal to become a high performance and uh, coach? Okay, so how are you going to get there? What do you need to do? You know, so you might have, yeah, we do all that for, for athletes. You know, they have a end end goal, which is a time. All right, then the process. How how are we going to get to that point? What do you got to get better at? So I think, you know, if you want an athlete to get to that level, then basically you're saying you've got to get to that level as well. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, one of the things I did when I was uh, having a, a, um, a dis- I had a disappointed year and, we, you know, we're going back over 25 years, um, but I set goals. So after that, um, the Olympic trials in 2000, I set a four-year goal um for that next quad uh, olympic quad and um i had a goal for every year and then and, and you know i had a goal for the club um and and it was all all around me really you know yeah. um and i think uh you know that contributed a lot to uh, the success i had in athens and um staying on track Mm. Um, you know, not getting distracted, you know, because there's a lot of distractions and things like that. So, you know, uh, you get asked to do things with Swimming Australia and stuff like that, and a lot of times I'd say no. You know, I got in a bit of trouble about with all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't, you know, they were wanting me to do things, which was taking me away from my athletes and yeah. and – and you know from from the direction that i was wanting to go you know so um uh i'm interested Shannon, just quickly on obviously you know you said there and rightly so that you needed to be at the level that you wanted them to get to as well you hear quite a lot of the times as a coach you need to be where you want the swimmers to be you can't sometimes go on that journey go like blow for blow because eventually they'll outgrow you or whatever it is. You got to be ready for that swimmer to come into your program is basically the story they, they usually say. Yeah, um, well, you, as a coach, you need more experience than, than yes. the athletes you're coaching. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Well put. What were you doing around that time for your own? Like we talk about professional development. I started a podcast basically because of that, because this is, um just I've, it's basically been a joke on everybody the whole time i've done a podcast but really it's for my own professional development some may laugh at that too because i'm not an australian team so what have i been doing with all the knowledge from the podcast but yeah. it's for everybody else but you you know what i mean what have you been doing what were you doing through that period in for yourself as well were you sort of trying to you know learn different were you reading books were you learning different things what what were you doing for your own coaching you've set the goals but yeah. What were you doing in between to level up as well? Well, I mean, yeah, I used to study technique all the time, you know. Um, Barry Prime sent me a, a picture. It was probably going back 12 months, and it was a breaststroke clinic he was going to do, and he sent me this slide, and he said, I bet you don't know who that is. And I wrote back within 10 seconds and said, oh, it was Mike Barrowman, at the 1992 Olympics, uh, <laughs> off off the hundred meter turn, I knew exactly <laughs> because I'd stopped on yeah. you know the recording 
and play, and that was trying. That was trying to capture his timing. Mm. So I used to do a lot of that stuff, um, and then you know, looking back, uh, definitely being on teams. You know, I was just surrounded by people who were you know twenty years older than me, and you were just chewing the fat all the time. QAS was quite good, you know, with Scott Volkers. Uh, we'd have those monthly meetings, uh, get-togethers and stuff like that. And, you know, in the room, you know, Michael Bull, Vince Rally, just all that type that 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 type of coach. Inc. Yep. So when you're around, you're just you're absorbing a lot of stuff. Did Dennis but, ever make the trip up the coast? Did he ever come Dennis? up the highway? Oh, yeah, yeah. Dennis would always be there, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, we didn't have a lot of camps, um, but the, we did have two QIS camps that I remember, and I room with Dennis. Um, so, you know, that was quite dangerous because you'd be talking swimming at 2 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I look back, so there was no, there was, I suppose what I'm saying, there was never anything really structured. Yeah. And it, that never really suited me anyway. Um but I look back and go, actually, I did heaps of stuff. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, our, our trip to South Australia was like that, you know, and Lee Nugent may uh, um, said we need uh, we need to, as a state, do more of this activity. Mm. Hasn't been done enough of late. So it used to get done quite a bit and it just it stopped. Yeah. So now the only time you get to uh, interact with your fellow coaches, if you're on an Australian team, oh well, that's all the Queensland coaches, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, the rest of the country's. I mean, sorry, Peter Bishop, but you know. Um, so I thought. I thought. And I made the point one on two nights later uh, to him. I said, "I think you're 100 percent right." Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, providing opportunities to to interact, you know, so. Mm. We went to South Australia. Obviously, there was a competition. We come back where, you know, um, John Shaw did a really good job in organising all the food and all that with the hotel. Yeah. So the coaches weren't off doing, you know, uh, accommodation-wise se separated. We were all in the same place. We are all eating. Yeah. What happens when you're around food? People talk, people chat. It was pretty good. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up John Shaw. He's got a beef with me, actually. So not long after that trip, he, he came over to Bustleton and on Australia Day. Not long after. He yeah, yeah he went straight out. Yeah, yeah, he was, he, was, he was pretty tired. Anyway, so he came over and then on Australia Day um, at, at, the, at wherever the house was, um, they'd done a bit of a barbecue and whatever. So anyway, I'd done a bit of a wine tour and tasting tour with some of the family members, but I came in still and we spent a couple of hours in the afternoon, but the cooking had been done. So I come in, John says, word for word, mind you, I'm not making this up. He says, boys, get in there. Whatever you can see, you can eat it. Go for gold. So I go, right, sweet. I was hungry too. So I'm throwing down these sausages and just smashing it. You can imagine, you know, I'm, <laughs> I love my barbecues. And anyway, so I'm quite happy just sitting there. We're watching the cricket. So he decides he's he's hungry now. He's hungry. He's re-hungry after before. So he gets up, goes over. Hey, who's eating all my sausages? <laughs> I said, well, in my defence, you said eat whatever you want, boys. He goes, well, I didn't know you were going to throw down twenty bloody sausages. <laughs> 
So he's not he's not happy with me, John, because I ate all his sausages. So apologies, John. Apologies. Uh, but no, he, he was tired. He was traveling around. Uh, poor Johnny boy. But just getting back to that question, Shannon, or, or you know, number three, and, and getting together and having chats. Do you think it's important too to people for people to be and coaches to be vulnerable in in expressing their sets and their thoughts and their sort of philosophies? Because I, I find, and I think I've said this before, that I, I used to think I knew the answers and I used to say, no, no, I've, I'm happy with my sets and I'm happy with how I'm doing it and I don't really want Shannon to look at it because he's going to tear it, tear it apart. And yeah. do you reckon that probably you know yes getting together but also being open for someone to to have a look at your set and go oh well did you ever think about adding this in or trying this or yeah do you think that's maybe something we could be doing a little bit better as well oh absolutely like when i first started getting invited to national event camps um you know so after the afternoon practice and you've had dinner and that you have a coaches meeting well the coaches meeting was Put your set up on the board and everyone in the room's going to tear it apart. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, no pressure. Yeah, with Don Talbot sitting there <laughs> and yeah. sports science people. You know, so, uh, you know, we get back to what we talked about at the start of the program, that um, Netflix show, and everyone yeah. talking mm -hmm. about how uh, vulnerable they felt in the room with all of these people. Yeah. Well, that was that was exactly what it was. Uh, as it was, it was it Huey Lewis. What's his? What's the guy? He had to go yeah, after Huey Michael. Lewis, yeah. Had to go after Michael Jackson. He's like, well, what the hell do you want yeah, me to yeah, do? And he said he never even met Michael Jackson no. at that, that point. And he and he did a great job. If you ever listen to the song, he's he's probably yeah. one of the best parts of the song. But he didn't yeah. feel that way. He he thought, well, how am I going to follow? Yeah, Michael Jackson. And and I think there's a lot of people out there in coaching that do sort of feel maybe intimidated by other coaches and what they perceive them to know or have done and things like that where I think if you sometimes uh, are a little bit more vulnerable and open yourself up you'll find you know I've sent my set to some brilliant coaches such as yourself and got back that looks great I think oh oh well done all right well done me I didn't even I thought it was good but you never really know and then I've also had Brant Best look at a set once and go are we doing speed or what yeah well that's not speed and just threw it in the bin and we started again. Yeah. And I had to, as that sign on the on the top of the door on that documentary said, I had to check my ego and go, all right, well, if Brant Best says no, let's start again. And so we, we basically went through it without being offended that he'd just thrown a set out and said that wasn't speed. And in, in the end, he was right. So, and I learned a lesson from that. Yeah, well, and the other thing when you were talking, that I thought of like you're coming up with sets right at, at this point in your career but you know the people that you're coaching changes so yeah so that's the good thing about coaching you're ever evolving and if you're not evolving then you're probably going to get left behind so so you know it's going to be much harder to evolve if you're not interacting with people and stuff like that you know yep. what we just talked about so um yeah, you, know, you can do the same set for two different people, you know, and you think, well, you know, five years I was doing this with such and such and, and it worked. Well, that doesn't mean it's going to work for this person, you know, because their body and their background uh, reacts differently. So you've got to 
you've got to find a way um and so you've always got to have that open-mindedness about it you know absolutely what's number four shannon number four always have your coach radar on your coach radar yeah so what by that i mean you can learn stuff from so stuff from people all the time you know what i mean like uh and i thought about this on the weekend so i on the weekend i had a little act meet was on and um i was sitting down next to two people both of them were coaches um and uh and you know they a comment was made and um i went oh that's really good actually you know and i jotted it down mm. so um so i think you know and and many a times with parents you know they'll say something that'll just give you a little bit of an insight into their their, their child and i think that can help as well so you know and then you might be somewhere else in another another setting but i think if you've got your coach radar on all the time just picking up little um nuggets gold ones hopefully not the other type uh, <laughs> well um, well i was gonna say your coach radar can also pick up if there's little things going on or in and around your your sessions especially oh, in sort of an age group um i i find that with a lot of our junior coaches and it's just through experience as well and lack of it without going through these things and having it happen to them but there's a lot of things i watch and i think oh i'd be watching that and and you know the coaches are kind of sort of looking sometimes at me like why is this guy so crazy about that you know that one parent that's standing down in the back corner i'm like because that one parent's going to eventually become you know a parent that wanders up and down and then all of a yeah. sudden so um yeah i know what you mean about the co coach radar especially as i said in in terms of i don't say damage control but i'm always on the lookout for just keeping things um structured and yeah and just picking up picking up things you know um and it could, could be you know like yeah like i said some of the parents last night when um you know when they were having when i was watching that netflix and they're having troubles with uh bob dylan you know i'd never really thought of it from that point but you know just the way they got around that you know i sort of thought yeah you know plenty of times that we've dealt with athletes who are uncomfortable yeah where you wouldn't think that they you think surely you'd be comfortable but you know so yeah um i just think that's something that i've i've i think i've done quite well over the years uh yeah. with, with that and i'm i'll i'll, I'll basically take anything you know mm. <laughs> <laughs> so all right well listen let's leave number five for a little bit let's go back to that um let, let's delve quickly into because I, I did say we were going to do it so we've got to what was your favorite decade of swimming shannon oh yeah so i thought about this the other day you know so bronte's come in with these arena togs yep you know that and i thought oh i haven't seen a pair of swimming bathers like that since the 80s and they were, you know, those arena ones that the stitching on the side might be like, uh, in in her case, it was orange, and then it was a blue tog, and then it had the white arena emblem on the hip. 
Yeah. And I just, I remember as a little kid, like I thought, oh, all the best swimmers have those togs, you know. <laughs> and um, they were quite hard to get in Australia arena because we were so speedo. And I just thought, wow, you've got to be really good if you've got a pair of togs like that. And then, you know, you'd see pictures of the Olympics and stuff for 84 and 88 and arena was around. So, yeah, it just made me me think of different decades. And we sort of, you know, we've got the big, costumes now and they're sort of yeah it's a bit boring so with the race suits or just training togs you mean ah oh, well the race suits now are a bit yeah. boring, aren't they? but yeah i mean training suits and all that you know there's plenty of different sorts mm. but um yeah i just thought and actually the colors that she had i thought oh that'd be a great great club swimming tog and then, uh, then it made me think, oh, I remember back in the 90s when we used to pick out what, what are our togs going to be this year, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, it kind of <clears throat> trained, like racing, club racing togs kind of went out a little bit once those high-profile yeah. Speedo arena suits and stuff like that came through because we used to, I remember when I was coaching up in Brisbane, the, the club that I was with used to say, oh, let's get a club um, yeah. suit. And I said, well, you can, but your top swimmers aren't going to wear it. It's and it, and just don't be offended by that because they, they want to wear the latest and greatest suit. So in the end, you you end up with a fifty fifty kind of yeah look, and it just sort of washes it out. Unless you want to go do a deal with Arena and have you know a three hundred and fifty dollar four hundred dollar club suit or whatever it might be, then you can maybe do it. Like obviously, Swimming Australia do the deal, and they've all got their their race suits through there. But um, yeah, it's sort of changed a lot over the years. It used to be like that. For sure. Um, yeah, well, when I was a swimmer, you know, there was always a club tog and you got it, and then next season it was a little bit different. And then, my, you know, my first half of the Chandler era, we were always, you know, caps. You were designing a cap and then you'd yep. design a tog. And, and um, but, yeah, by the end of the uh, Chandler era, which was, like, 04, yeah, those last few years you weren't doing it. So... Yeah, it just when she came in the other day with this arena, uh, it just reminded me of oh yeah, I remember them, and and yeah, it's a bit of a retro style. Yeah, and I thought oh that was a good era, you know. Even the training togs have changed over the years, Shannon. Like uh, we were only just saying the other day, a lot of my boys have like um, the like shorts when they train yeah. now. They've you know, but when I trained, you had kind of you know speedos budget smokers whatever you want to call them then it sort of morphed into kind of funky trunks which had you know kind of um they're not long but they weren't short kind of thing and then you know depending like everyone just had different but now everyone's basically training in those shorts and so no one's really training in in you know um budgies anymore or speedos you used to say speedo but really now it's just it's a brand isn't that funny how we used to think it was part of the vernacular like speedos but really it was a brand we just yeah. didn't i didn't know that for ages like i was just like where, where are your speedos um and even girls and you know don't get me started on some of the stuff the girls are wearing at training at the moment i don't i don't i'm not a huge fan of it but anyway as i said i'll stay out of that but yeah just the evolution of what yeah oh, they've been wearing in training and yeah so it just made me stop and think the other day when i saw them so yeah well, I'll go on a rant about that one day. It's just not today. It's just not <laughs> today. But it's, it's something I think people should be taking a very strong look at where the trend is going and uh, what we shouldn't be allowing 
anymore. Anyway, so uh, let's do let's do a song, Shannon, before we because we got we've got to get two songs in. We've got to get number five. Do you want your song first or mine? Aren't we going to do number five? Yeah, we are. But I'm going to sort of we've, we've still got things to do. So, oh, right, song of the week, which is yeah. just the song that I've added. Yeah. Do you want Do you want to put mine first or yours? Yeah, you can put yours first. All right. So Shannon texted me the other night when these uh, the juices were flowing and these the the thoughts were were flying, and he said, "Let's do song of the week." So I thought, oh, I've got to get to. Um, when we flew into Perth, we had a three-hour drive to Bustleton, so I put together a bit of a playlist, and when this song came on, um, it just sort of reminded me of how much I loved it. It's a great song for any time. It's called Seven Nation Army, The White Stripes. Don't worry, people. We're not going to play it all. It's just going to be the beginning of it just for people to hear it and then go, oh, yeah, that's that's that song. So don't stress. We're not a radio show. All right, let's let's see if we can make this happen. Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you by our great sponsors, DMC Fins. DMC Fins are the best training fins in the business. Just have a look around in everybody's kit bag on pool deck and there's a pair of DMC Fins in there. Swimmers, surfers, they're all using DMC Fins as their choice of aquatic propulsion. Even superstar Cody Simpson is using DMC Fins to help with his training towards Paris 2024. Head over to dmcfins.com.au right now for all the latest deals and discounts on fins as well as hand paddles and other training aids and use the promotion code off the blocks for a 10% discount at checkout. All right, there you go. There's that one. There's that one. You like that one, Shannon? Yep. I haven't heard that for, for a while. Yeah, well, that's why I thought, I'd, yeah, it's, it's on the car. Oh. There's certain songs when you hear them, it's just great anytime you hear it. Doesn't matter. They don't age. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now, we're going to close out with your song, so we're going to finish up with number five. Shannon, what's your fifth tip? Oh, my fifth for, tip for coaches. You need to have an outside interest. you, you got to have some some space for your, uh, something else so that you're just not all consumed, um, and which goes completely in the opposite direction of always have your coach radar on. <laughs> And um, I remember Don saying that to me about listening to other sports and other coaches and stuff. But you do need to get a, be able to get away. So whichever, whatever that may be, learning how to ski or um, like Matt Trodden does downhills and stuff. But uh, Still not happy with him, huh? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, or it might be go-kart racing or riding a bike or, you know. Whatever. Do you think it's important to try and have it be something that's away from, like you said, coaching or like learning from other sports, but it's still kind of switching your brain on to to learn. Like oh, I say, we should be always learning, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, you know, for you, it's it's cars or cycling or things like that. For me, I'm a weirdo. I like wrestling and I like different stuff like that. 
um, obviously doing podcasts and different things as well. I've got creative outlets, but um, a lot of that sort of stuff all weaves back into swimming inevitably too. So we're still switched on to swimming, but do you think it's important to try and do something completely? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if you can, you know, um, so, you know, it might be, you know, painting or stuff, something like that, you know, it might be mm. yeah, building stuff. So um, just because, you know, just like athletes, you know, you're going to have highs and lows in your coaching career um, and those sorts of things are going to get you out of those, you know, um, when you've got something else. So your whole worth can't be just on um, on on your coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that. Like, just going back to what we spoke about before. Yeah, you know, we're always on to the kids about, um, you know, doing this or doing that. Have outside interests. Make sure you, you know, having downtime away from it. And then, yeah, there we are spending yeah. our downtime sitting together. You know talking about swimming again so not that we don't enjoy it but yeah just it just eventually catches up to you doesn't it so it's nice just to switch off and do something a bit different absolutely all right well we're going to wrap it up there we've got a couple of other things going on today but as i said to all our loyal listeners we're dedicated to making sure we're getting content out to you guys so we wanted to make sure we got together today to do it i think it was a good one shannon i'm um I'm, i'm proud of that one that was really good i think it's needed to get that sort of information to the coaches, um, they might have listened to a couple of things there that they weren't, that they didn't think they'd sort of be thinking about today. But um, yeah, and I think it's one of those things that we all know it. Mm. You just need a little tap on the shoulder, a little remind. Well, and you've got to activate it. As I said to yeah. you, like this week, I'm making a point for I'm not doing anything in between those two things, they are a priority to me. Yeah. So if one of those two, if something gets in the way of me picking Charlie up or taking it, I'm not doing it. I've got to prioritize that. That's a hard thing. We all know it, but then doing it is um, Alan Thompson. um, That was one thing he he mentioned to me. We sat in coffee and that's, he said, make sure you try and pick your kids up and pick them uh, and take them to school in the morning. If you can do that, then you'll always feel like you're still a part of it. And um, as I said, Charlie started going to school. So I'm going to try and make sure as much as I can, we're we're doing it. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we did this one, Shannon. Now, we're going to finish with Shannon's song, everybody. So we're going to say goodbye and we're going to play it out. Um, now, I don't know if this is a, that's a weird way to finish. It's Rick James, Super Freak. Uh, I don't know what that means. So make make of that what you will about Shannon's. <laughs> I'm not going to say what playlist Shannon has it on, but um, he's, he's got it on one of his playlists. Uh, it is a great song, but anyway, so we're going to play that out. It's just a weird way to finish, but also funny because that's just what we do. We're just weirdos. Um, <laughs> but thank you all the listeners for joining us again. As I said, hopefully you took something away from this today. Uh, hopefully you all have a great weekend, getting ready for world championships coming up in Doha. So make sure you're getting ready to watch a bit of that. But uh, Shannon and listeners, have a great weekend. Thanks, everyone. She's a very kinky girl. Get her off the street, oh girl She likes the boys in the band She says that I'm her all-time favorite When I make my move to her room, it's the right time She's never hard to please, oh no
Brought to you as always by Pro Swim Workouts. Nico and the team at Pro Swim Workouts have been supporters of the podcast from day one and continue to support the show and the coaching community more broadly with their platform, proswimworkouts.com. Head over to the website right now and become a member to receive all the exclusive content, whether it's programming in and out of the water, thought-provoking articles, or even just sharing of ideas. It is a one-stop shop. And for all those just looking to browse, head over to proswimworkouts.com to find free workouts, podcast tips, jobs available, and so much more. So what are you waiting for? I'll say it one more time. Head over to proswimworkouts.com right now and let Nico know that Off The Block sent you. 